Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Awaken Together podcast. I am Jen, and today it's going to be me and a very special guest as we unpack concepts around gender, sexuality, our inner teen, religion trauma. We're bringing all these big concepts together. Phoenix is a gender-fluid, creative space holder and mystical being for real, for real, Sagittarius sun, Taurus rising, cat moon. (laughs) And our virtual program that we have co-collaborated on is officially launched This program is called Inner You, and it's a self-paced guided virtual program to help you with deeper healing with your inner child, inner teen, and inner young adult self. There is so much good in this program. We created it in Asheville, North Carolina when we were supposed to have a neurodivergent live retreat. It ended up falling through, but we still knew coming together and creating something was so important. And thus was the starting point of birthing this program. I would love for you to support us and join us in this virtual experience. It's $44. You can find the link to access the workbook and all of the videos for this program at my Instagram, senseful.wellness, on my website, sensefulwellness.com, or on Phoenix's bio, which is healing portals on Instagram. Thank you for your support and let's get talking. Welcome, Phoenix, to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. I'm so happy to be here and to get to unpack all of this. This is exciting. Yes. So we just spent, um, what, four days in Asheville. So much has kind of come up as we've really explored concepts around our inner teen. I feel like we've made so many like light bulb moments. So I would love you to share just some of the highlights of your journey and how you stepped into some of your power that has really been more embodied and recent now. Yeah. Thank you for that question. I love yeah. that. So thoughtful. Um, so it's been a beautiful journey. Um, as someone who's neurodivergent, queer sentient, and very sensitive to the feelings of the world, and it's in my astrology, as you know, <laughs> I was born into this world and felt almost like a raw nerve end at certain points in my childhood, like overstimulated all the time. And in this world where we're taught to suppress our emotions, and I have very big emotions, it kind of led me down a very dark, shadowy path of suppressing and numbing and escaping and finding different unhealthy coping mechanisms, whether that was disordered eating, addiction, different stuff like that. Um, And the beauty of that part of my journey is that eventually it led me to a bit of a rock bottom where I found my spirituality along the way. So now I am very blessed to have a focus on nervous system regulation and holistic healing with myself and holding space for all the parts of me. And the way that I've done a lot of transmutation and a lot of healing is letting myself feel, um, living intentionally and ceremonially, tapping into things like breath work and yoga and Reiki or energy healing tons of different healing modalities that have literally been life-saving and through all of my intuitive practices of intuitive movement different ceremonial things 
I've traveled a lot and learned a lot as I've gone. I've just been able to tap into my own intuitive magic and mysticism and wisdom. So with that, I felt very passionate about sharing that with others and helping others reconnect and deprogram. And this reconnection is to our own um, innate healing and magic abilities. Mm. Beautiful. And just to really shout you out, Phoenix also like travels the dream realm in like the craziest way. <laughs> like every single like very common, like every night you receive like really profound messages mm-hmm. that really make sense and it's like a really big connection for you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely like my moon and Neptune in the ninth house. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, very connected to the dream realm. It's always been powerful for me, and I like to journal my dreams and have dream practices, and I love the wisdom and messages I get, and they come in very different forms and ways, and, you know, as a kid, it kind of manifested as a lot of night terrors, so getting to have such a healthy relationship with the dream realm is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like the more that you created space for all the versions of yourself, you notice that, like, shift and change of being able to see wisdom through your dream space? For sure. And like once I was able to be awake and holding space for my grief and my fear and my anger and my doubt and my insecurity and my disappointment and all of those things that are sacred parts of me Mm. um, and, you know, holding space for my teenage self that felt a lot of those things very intensely but suppressed them because, Mm -hmm. you know, there wasn't time when you're waking up at 6 a.m. and going to school and then you Mm -hmm. have religious obligations. You just... It was a packed schedule and a society where you're not meant to feel. Absolutely. And yeah, so for we've spent some time in reflection. We called our teenage self forward. And, you know, I think for Phoenix and I, like being inside kind of different religion bubbles, but still some religion bubbles within the same, it's so hard to kind of know you know, you kind of make excuses for hunches you have around different things. I know for me, we were like cracking up laughing, looking at old photos that make it so obvious that we are not straight. There's so many, so many signs like the photo like had me cracking up. It's like little symbols, but it's so funny because I remember that teenage version of myself, just like writing things off in ways where I felt like there would be less judgment, like Mm -hmm. writing things off as I'm just like fun and silly and I love everybody and it's fine. And like, you know, (laughs) just coming up with all these like ways to like soften some of that reality because I was so scared of revealing like deeper truths, not only like outwardly, but even to my own brain, I fought myself for so long on some of that. So I thought it would be very funny. Like we had one of our favorite stories we were going over (laughs) was talking about summer camp. So I don't know if any of you had like a religion summer camp. I know I have a lot of people that listen to this podcast with religion trauma, but we really talked about (laughs) Some of the pressures of camp that there were like just like seeping out these like pressures of like all of like the cooler kids at camp would be like going and sneaking off for my camp. It was going behind the wall. We had this like literal like wall, (laughs) but it was such a metaphorical wall because I, that wall put like a wall in my heart. (laughs) 
because so many of the cool kids got to go behind the wall. I never was allowed to interact with the wall because I just didn't have people. I was like a very like, uh, yeah, I had a lot of things going on as a kid. I didn't fit that like typical, like, yeah, patriarchal view. And on honestly, we were teenagers. There was like so much like weird sexualization within so much of the religion yeah. trauma <laughs> shit. Um, but anyway, our camp selves, like we were reflecting back to how, yeah, even though we didn't make it for Phoenix, it was, you want to share? Time. <laughs> yeah, for me it was hill time. And I feel like us not making it is was actually such a blessing. Like, such we, a blessing. We were laughing a lot about Jen not making it behind the wall and Phoenix not making it to Hill Time successfully. Successfully, quote unquote. But the thing is about Hill Time, which was very the same vibe as Behind the Wall Time, was that, you know, like I ended up having beautiful, like kind of like asexual experiences, mm-hmm. neurodivergent kid, friends with the counselors more than the kids. Mm-hmm. Like also it's hard because Kids are expressing their sexuality, and when you're closeted and suppressed, you can't even go there because mm-hmm. you've blocked that off so far from yourself. Mm-hmm. And it also was, like, very dystopian when you, when you think about it that they want these kids to, like, co-mingle within their religion uh-huh. um, and procreate and, like, I don't mm-hmm. know, <laughs> further the yeah. cause. Yeah, they love to see, like, just the traditional, like, couples coming up and, like – very much trying to pull from any expression in any other direction. And it's really weird how certain like young couples get celebrated because they're so quickly trying to get you to follow this like one life path. And make more babies in it. (laughs) It's wild. So we reflected that although our inner teen selves really wanted to try to keep up, we were queer. We were neurodivergent. We had so much more to learn. (laughs) Like so many things. And so the wall and the hill like were were played out exactly as they should be. <laughs> yeah, and although I was not fooling around in the bushes, I was stargazing and listening to great guitar music. And Love that. that. Was part of my path. Love that. And I was in a <laughs> cabin full of girls, probably pretty happy. <laughs> in my own ways. In my own ways, yes. Oh, God. Oh, it's so good. So good. Um, and so, yeah, I think <laughs> I would love to hear you just – With that inner teen self, when and how did things start to feel as you noticed that you weren't going to fit the kind of traditional mold of things? Mm, That's a really good question. So what's interesting for me is that – so because I went to a very private Jewish day school from – and I've never talked about this in front of a group of people, so this is exciting (laughs) to, like, let this go. Um, I went to a very private Jewish day school, and I moved in fourth grade, and the kids had been going to school together – since kindergarten. So it's kind of the odd one out. I stood out because I looked different. Like I was the only blonde haired or one of two blonde haired, blue eyed kids. And um, it was very interesting because I was bullied a lot. And because of that, by the time I got to high school and had friends, I was very scared to shift anything because I didn't want to be back in that place of feeling social rejection, feeling like an outcast, like feeling lonely. So for me, a lot of the portrayal in media of people coming out was very, very dramatic, very traumatic. Their families rejecting them, their friends rejecting them, them dealing with all of this and coming to terms with stuff. So that was one thing. Like even Mean Girls was like a huge influence of like someone getting shunned by the whole school for being a lesbian. Like that stuck with me. 
And I didn't realize this consciously at the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I very much was just like, everyone that I came out to was like, oh, we know, sweetie. Like, Mm -hmm. we know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was just interesting. And I was always weird and unique and eccentric, but I just started to kind of dim my light as a survival mechanism because in middle school and such, whenever I started to shine it, that's when I got picked on. So I learned to associate shining with like being a target whether that's for predatory energy or bully energy so it's been doing a lot of work of like unwriting that story yeah and um can you tell us a little bit about your journey with using he they pronouns how that shift started happening too yeah that's a beautiful part too it's like as soon as i figured out the sexuality it was Mm. like gender (laughs) Um, but honestly you open the treasure box literally my whole life started to make sense like I definitely, my whole life have been like joked, joked, quote unquote, I'm a boy, I'm a boy. And I've always had like part of me has been trans. I've done inner child healing where it's like my eight-year-old self and my 12-year-old self are very much like he, him. And I have younger ages that are they, them. I think there's like very little me that just doesn't care about pronouns at all. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, it's like when I first moved to Colorado, that's the first time I had met trans people in real life. It's the first time I started going to poetry and art events where people were like, this is my name, this is my pronouns. And I learned that gender fluidity was a thing. And I felt myself on the spectrum of gender fluidity of sometimes feeling like I don't have a gender at all. I'm just a magical creature. Sometimes feeling like I'm a man. And just being on my own journey with that and realizing that, like, I can be fluid in it. Like, mm-hmm. I can change everything in this world is in constant. Mm-hmm. And it's been such a blessing. And, like, a lot of my life and my childhood and my romantic relationships have, like, made sense. Like, I've always had very romantic friendships with, like, women and gay men. And, like, I was like, oh, because I'm kind of, like, a gender-fluid lesbian and a gay man all mm-hmm. in one. And mm-hmm. it all makes sense. And, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I just had a reconnection with a lot of my friends from high school and it's been since the pandemic and it's really it was just so healing to see all of us be because we were all closeted in high school to see all of us be out and happy and like pursuing relationships that are aligned with us instead Mm -hmm. of just being like the only kids who didn't date Mm -hmm. you know so it's just like seeing that was healing on a lot of levels and like then we're here doing this teen and high school healing it feels really relevant I love that. Thanks for asking. Yes, absolutely. And thank you for sharing um, parts of your journey. I think, um, yeah, for myself, um, looking back at, I mean, the religion trauma truly has even unpacked like so much deeper, probably within the last like even three years, I would say. So, yeah, so Saturn return for for real. Um, But I think so much of how my young college self definitely like explored and experimented in so many ways. And I didn't have a lot of um, block in experimenting and trying, but the energy behind it was always so rebellious and bad and like – I associated it so much more with partying, like I just love everyone when I am drinking and it's fine and, you know, just like playing off of a fun hype instead of it being like a real intimate, vulnerable, like accepting energy, which honestly, you know, has taken so much time to kind of like circle back to. Um, I think the layers that have, um, yeah, come up even since – 
you know, Danny and I got married in 2018. We had very big talks early on about like staying open to concepts because I still knew so much was evolving and so much was growing. And luckily I have a partner that's willing to like expand and grow with me and play with anything that comes up for us. So Danny and I have even explored like polyamorous thinking and looking into Yeah, it's giving space to so many versions of myself that although are in like the past and, you know, timeline, it's they're still very much here and have really, we're not really allowed to own up so many parts. So being able to just allow that energy moves where it needs to go and that there is room and space for all those sides of myself that in the actual time of living it and being in it we're not getting in full expression. It's so beautiful to be able to allow for all sides of that. And yeah, just knowing that you are safe and that society is shifting so much Mm -hmm. in these concepts. And I think for me, one of the biggest like light bulb moments actually happened really around Roe v. Wade. All of the just seeing the like kind of how threatened the queer community was within so many concepts like bled into that and how it felt like it could be like a domino effect so easily, right? Like what we're going backwards when, you know, we've been trying to expand and then you see something like that happen. It was like this huge moment for me. I felt the collective pain. I felt pain for every version of myself. And it was truly where I realized that I was kind of riding the privilege of being married and just, you know, being able to play off this seemingly more traditional, even though Danny and I have very expansive concepts, I hadn't brought in a lot of those things like out into light because, yeah, it was kind of easy just to ride the normal. Mm -hmm. But I started feeling like super heavy, like holding that in and realizing that being bisexual or even pansexual and exploring all of that, like that's always been a part of my journey. I've just kind of kept it so quiet and close because it's how my life conveniently worked. But it's so important that we bring all elements of our story to light because right now what we are – really battling is this expansiveness that's happening and it's happening so beautifully. I can cry about it at any point of the day, just thinking about how much is shifting for the better. People being able to claim and move through really so many things um, and the judgments getting less and less and society is, it's so much easier to find your people than what it was, but it's also, you know, There is a little pushback. The old is dying and there is a desperate cling for the old that is happening. But the more people that are even in comfortable situations that also remember the elements of their story that very much fit against this narrative, like bring that to light is so important right now. And when I felt that um, deeply, it helped me even expand that even more. That's so eloquent. Thank you for sharing that. I love that, all of that, and just how you feel the collective. I understand that. Like, mm-hmm. That's very relevant. And I like when we talked about how we kind of talked about how it's interesting because this revolution and this reclamation is happening, mm-hmm. and it's happening fast, and it's happening strong. And 
it's been like the pandemic and everyone taking some time off from like the toxic productivity culture mm-hmm. and constantly working, like spread even more awareness mm-hmm. and shed more of a light. And what I've realized and what we kind of talked about is that it's like a many headed beast that we've been like kind of shaking at from all sides. And that starts with us doing our own decolonizing work within us that helps with us all sharing our truths and healing our trauma and sharing our stories and letting people know they're not alone and that it doesn't have to be stigmatized. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is like, it's like when you were destroying this beast, the old ways of not even the oldest ways, but like the old archaic, like not suiting society ways are dying out with that generation dying out. Mm -hmm. And it's like, right now we are at the tipping point Mm -hmm. and it's like this manchester is going down it's dying it knows it and it's doing its final whiplash Mm -hmm. it's doing its final rearing of its head it's desperation to survive it's final thrashing and it's looking like the roe v wade being overturned it's Mm -hmm. looking like trans rights being like Mm -hmm. taken away it's looking like all of these things but i think it's so important to remember not to lose hope because that's the idea of this final splash. That's mm-hmm. what they want is us to lose hope with. We're on the brink of success. We're on the brink of birthing this new world. Mm-hmm. And like, I do believe that like we as people have to remember how powerful we are and how we're more powerful than the corrupt systems and how we're all of our awareness is powerful. Mm-hmm. And, us and our stories, our stories, us knowing that this isn't okay, that children having their consent violated, that, people living on stolen land and charging crazy rent. Mm -hmm. Like we're literally the only species that pays rent to be on this Mm -hmm. planet. Mm -hmm. And it's literally killing people. And Mm -hmm. like just the police brutality, like all the different things. It's Mm -hmm. crumbling from all the different facets, the industrial prison complex. Like we have awareness of all these things. So we're taking our power back from Mm -hmm. it. And like I just want anyone listening to remember that like not to lose hope, that – it has to get the darkest before dawn, mm-hmm. truly. Yeah. And I think we're really seeing for the first time you really being able to lean on community versus mm-hmm. necessarily the full structure system you were given. And that feels so good for so many people. And I think it's important that if, yeah, you've isolated, you know some of these concepts are within you too, that you reach out and find people knowing that that is like the biggest form of advocating is just being in community with people because mm-hmm. one day you're strong and then the next day you need people to remind you. And I think it's important that you can cultivate some of your own strength and power through, you know, reclaiming your story, accepting all these parts. But we need each other and that's the real point is that we are connected and I think the connection lines are getting so much stronger because there's so many more people tuning into themselves mm-hmm. but you have to reach out for that side because our system isn't set up for community thinking um, but it still exists and I think it's mm-hmm. you know we're circling back to those concepts too helping each other out mm-hmm. and that starts by also plugging in and plugging in to Maybe even groups that feel very scary at first to plug into, it can feel very different than maybe groups you previously plugged into, but there is a community component to a lot of this too. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Wholeheartedly. It's community and it's also remembering like our connection to everything, whether that's the animals or the planet, the trees, like mm-hmm. that's our community too. Mm-hmm. And that's like an old, old, old 
ancient wisdom that we have within ourselves, within our DNA, mm-hmm. that we're getting to reconnect to of supporting each other, supporting the earth, and allowing each other, allowing others to support us as well. Mm-hmm. You know, receiving is a big part of that too. Mm-hmm. I love it. And if yeah, if you don't talk to trees on the regular. 10 out of 10, recommend. It's <laughs> so important. My friends. <laughs> yes. The great listeners. Uh-huh. And I would love for you to share um, – I know we discussed too, like you coming in just uh, – yeah, like going through the airport, some of the stuff around, just like the structures still that are in place for comfortability around pronouns and stuff. Do you have a few things like as you've branched into that that can help to create more space and just what has felt good for you that people have, um, yeah, asked you how that's kind of integrated in? So what's great is um, I love having pronoun pins. That's mm-hmm. always fun to be like, look, it's on my hat. Look, it's on my shirt. They, them. <laughs> so so cute. <laughs> but a lot of times I feel like um, we're shifting as a culture. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest thing that I've been doing on my own journey, um, which is like a decolonizing and like a degendering of my mind, is to just try and stop taking the gender out of things, stop gendering everything, right? So it's like I used to see – like two people, like a parent and a child. And I used to think like, that's a mom and a son or a dad and a daughter or whatever, like, cause that's how we're programmed to think. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, oh, look, there's a parent and child. When I worked in retail, I'm like that customer in a dress. I'm not assuming they're a woman because they're in a dress. Mm-hmm. And um, so working within myself, that was a big part. So I would encourage people to kind of think about how much they gender colors and clothes and how that's kind of a made up construct. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is, is it's really nice to just create communities and spaces where everyone says their name and pronouns, like making that the norm, which is very like Gen Z, Pluto and Sagittarius. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. So happening. <laughs> yeah, it's happening a lot. And just not expecting trans people to just say their pronouns and not having it be like a spotlight on them, mm-hmm. but having everyone say their name and pronouns. So mm-hmm. we're not assuming everyone's gender and it really is a safe space for people to not feel like singled out and stuff mm-hmm. and doing that in community spaces as well as just conversations and like being like, hi, I'm Phoenix. I use them pronouns mm-hmm. um, and kind of normalizing that um, and realizing um, it's not about being perfect. We all have to reprogram our brains mm-hmm. and it's like we all make mistakes. Like I have messed up people's pronouns and I use they, he pronouns or they, them he, him pronouns. And it's like, you're human. You can mm-hmm. make mistakes. And it's not about making a huge deal about messing it up because that's almost more uncomfortable mm-hmm. than just messing it up. It's literally just about correcting yourself. It's like if you called someone by the wrong name, you would be like, oops, and then like mm-hmm. say the right name. Yeah. And be like, just, you know, caring enough to listen and think before you speak and do your best. Yes. Thank you. I love that. And yeah, I think that is a huge, a huge thing, not only for shadow work for yourself, but we label things so quick. We even talked about this in inner child reflection, like how quick you are to say like, wow, you did that so well. Yeah, you did perfect. That was so perfect. And just how quickly we like like to summarize stuff and like put it all into one word or one identity box. Like it makes our brain feel comfortable, but you have to constantly be challenging your brain to not to not do that because it takes you into automatic patterns, which helps your brain relax. But I also think it stops so much of that creative flow. So I think 
shadow work never ends. You always have to go back and you have to look at what you're starting to, yeah, over box, over cling to, over attach to. And that's an endless journey that is part of the healing process. And I do think it's super important. It's what that's what we're doing. We're trying, we're having to use labels at first now in some ways, but the goal I think is to continue to just have so much representation, so much like destigmatizing that we end up being in a completely different reality where it's not so pressured, but we have to claim certain labels at times to also create more freedom. And I just think it's important to like, yeah, look at your relationship with every single thing around you, how you interact with it, how much you attach to it. And this is the same. I think of this in line a lot with like my mental health diagnosis, right? Like as much, it's been super empowering to have like the titles and the labels behind that. But I also think that with this mental health shift even and everyone like kind of knowing what they have, there's empowerment within that. But still we're getting loud about what that label is and finding community under that label. But then the goal is still going to be to slowly start to remove that label. Mm -hmm. It doesn't ever stop. It helps you find community. But I still think the reason we have to use the labels is to help find our people in this structure, in this world, Mm -hmm. and to also advocate against the hierarchy that has been created against so many labels. Mm -hmm. But I still think the overarching goal is get loud about what you are. And the more that people do that, the less we're going to have this such pressure talking around having to have it so figured out. Because it is. It's a lot of pressure to put on people to do the educating for everyone and do that. It's a lot. And you're just a human trying to live too. And it's stressful to have to take the burden of so many things on your shoulders. And I feel like it can feel that way really easily. But yeah, what I think of this all the time. <laughs> I think about that a lot too because there's something so liberating. Like me never knowing – what being trans meant, mm-hmm. having a lot of internalized transphobia taught to me, and then like learning in psychology that it's a very, very real thing and having so much compassion for trans people. But not until I really knew that gender fluid was a thing or non-binary is what I was first introduced to. Um, just knowing that that's a thing was such a liberation for mm-hmm. me. And again, a lot of times I'm like, I'm literally just the cosmos. I'm stardust. I'm mm-hmm. a magical being. I'm I can call myself fairy. I can call myself elven. I can, you know, mm-hmm. come up with labels that I like to use labels or descriptions as almost like archetypes, mm-hmm. never boxes. And that's what I think how we both use astrology as well. Yeah, I Just love understandings that. Understandings of energy, all about like dissolving into the oneness of yes. the cosmos. Yes. And I feel like that's really coming up. And I feel like that shift's really happening. And, you know, I just think, I just think the world's coming back to it. Um, it's like, I've heard someone describe it as, like, we have all these different cups of water, but really we'll want to just pour it all into, like, Mm -hmm. an ocean and let it all flow and Mm -hmm. have its different – like, it's still going to have different cells. But, you know, division is, you know, one with community as Mm -hmm. well. I love that. I thank you so much for all your wisdom and all your words and your story, which is incredible, every little bit of it. And to anyone listening, I hope this provided, um, yeah, some space, some permission to just create space for all that you are and every little piece of you. And yeah, let let all of that shine. And 
We will see you next week for another episode. And Phoenix, really quick, if you want to share some of your handles, how people can support you too. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so right now my Instagram is Healing Portals. And you can follow me there to get on my email list. I'm about to revamp some other social media stuff. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned for that. Um, and I offer a lot of different healing stuff if you want to reconnect with your magic, heal your nervous system, and really just, you know, release that trauma from your body because you deserve it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you all so much for having me. Yeah. Thank you.